Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Bolsha and welcome to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we call out Hollywood for its paddywhackery in films and TV about Ireland. My name is Stuart McNamara, and I'm here with my co-host, Ricardo Crostaban. Ricardo Crostaban? What the hell is that? I thought that was you, sir. Senor, I should say. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it's Rob Cross here, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Ricardo, oh, Jesus. Anyway, how are you, Steve? How's, how's the week been? Not too bad now. Filming this a little earlier than usual, so you can head down to Kilkee. That's right. Off to, off to the uh, the beach for the long weekend, where I can't swim because there's a swim ban in place. <laughs> yeah, I banned it if you were going down to first swim as well. So Yeah, I, I don't look terribly flattering in a wetsuit, unfortunately. <laughs> I've, I've, I've let myself go a bit. There's a walkie in the water. Get out! <laughs> Yeah, I know it'll be nice. We have a nice long weekend coming up here, which I suppose to American listeners, we have the Monday off. It's a bank holiday. Yeah. Uh, I think like Monday is like our, I think like Labor Day or something you can have in the States. You just get a day off. And for anyone who's still not back to work, a holiday is when you get an extra day to not work. <laughs> just in case it's been so long that you've forgotten what these things are. Yeah. I've been, we've, I mean, we've both been lucky that we're working during this. And of I'm, course we're working. We're doing podcasts. We're yeah, working the, on this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're getting paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Some days, Stu. So what are we doing in Uniquely Irish today, Stu? Uh, today we're going to do the iconic breakfast roll. Yes, I, I think this is something which is fairly Irish. I don't think this yeah. concept is quite made it outside of the these islands yet. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> every culture probably has that kind of on-the-go meal. Well, I mean, you have like burritos and tacos yeah. and I mean, even like a, a breakfast burrito. But yeah, not, sure. not, not quite the same. But going back to when we discussed what is a full Irish breakfast. Yeah. This is, ba- in a nutshell, this is a full Irish breakfast in a baguette. Pretty much. Yeah. It's uh, as easy a way to describe it is basically for the likes of builders and people with hangovers, it's a great way to have an entire full Irish, but in a package that you can walk yeah. around with. I mean, I, I would say when I when I get a breakfast roll myself, Stu, it's generally... I mean, also, we should say that we, we have kind of a thing in this country where you get kind of things in a in a shop in like a roll. So generally like a chicken yeah. fillet roll as well, where you get cuts of chicken with, uh, you know, maybe a bit of mayo and cheese yeah, I think for myself. At some point we might do a, an overall deli, because yeah. I don't think that that's very popular outside of they, Ireland and England. A deli means something quite different yeah. in like Germany I, I know and also in uh, America they would jelly would kind of be with kind of cured meats and yeah stuff yeah like well, that. we're it, talking it's, hot food deli yeah it, it's, it's a bit different but effectively in like convenience stores or shops like Spar or Londis or anything like that they are equivalent to 7-Eleven I think it's fair would be yeah. fair to say you could, we, there would be like a counter area that does hot food and they would do things like you know chicken wedges like fries or chips kind of fancier yeah. if you will Um, and they do hot chicken drumsticks that kind of thing but they would do breakfast as well and you could get your bit components of your full Irish breakfast and they'll say well you, you wouldn't be carrying around in a plate or a box so why don't we put it in a, a nice nice piece of bread yeah, which everyone loves. So I, I would think that uh, now we might disagree, Stu, on this, but I would when I if I was getting a breakfast roll, I think it would definitely be probably about two sausages. Yeah, if, if there's space, which there should be, uh, probably two rashers of bacon. Right. I, I think you know I I would like both types of pudding. You know, black yeah, and of white. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair. And I now I don't know if you could really fit anything else in there. I mean, I, I've seen some places that do do eggs or something like that in there, but I think that yeah, might be course. a bit too. No, messy. I I think because there are times when I wouldn't get ketchup in mine, and so I. Find find that uh, a slightly runny egg yeah, gives it that, that little be. bit of moisture because otherwise it can be very dry. I think you're right there. I, I would I prefer brown sauce myself, which is generally not the popular thing in Ireland. I would have thought it's yeah, it's, it's more of an English thing really. But I, I I just like brown sauce. It's got a nice vinegary taste to it. If you don't know what brown sauce is, Google it. It's it's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, the worst barbecue sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I don't know. It amazing barbecue sauce, but a bit vinegary. Yeah. Uh, but I like it anyway. But so that's it. I mean, in a nutshell, it's just kind of most of the components of an Irish breakfast, full Irish breakfast, in a in a roll with the optional bit of sauce if you want. And yeah. And then there are like random varieties where sometimes you might actually get beans or mushrooms in them. Yeah. And, and that's... Once again, for like a, a bit of um, liquid to cut through the dryness, it actually helps. That's it. I, I, I think um, the Irish comedian, Clara Bree, and famously said that um, explaining the concept of a breakfast roll to someone is like imagine a Frenchman going into a, a, a brasserie I think it's called and like getting his pastries and all sorts of things oh would you do it to best lay full Irish breakfast you know <laughs> and it's <laughs> they get some some strange looks they get some strange looks it, it, it is I don't think you quite understand how much of an Irish concept it is until you yeah. go abroad and try and explain this concept even a chicken fillet roll concept to someone else they look, just kind of look at you yeah should clarify that when Rob said baguette he meant demi baguette yeah I don't <laughs> I just a meter long to get full. <laughs> yeah, well, Stu, you know, don't a man can dream. It depends how bad hanging you are after a night out. Really, be an eating challenge there somewhere. So I think, I think as well, it, it's kind of is known for getting people hungover, but it's yeah. almost a staple, I'd say, of the Irish construction industry. Well, construction and kind of not manual labour, I would not, say, not transport, maybe. but like delivery and that things uh, yeah. where people are up early and driving for long portions of the day. Uh, so like. You know, you'd have uh, delivery drivers would be able to buy it and not so legally, but have the breakfast roll in the, <laughs> in the one hand, driving down the road with the other, and the, then they the can phone like, in the other. No, no, you, put your knees. You have to you, then you hold the breakfast roll in your legs, and then you have to stop coffee or tea. Yeah. And then it's back to the breakfast roll. The fact that I know you used to do delivery in the mornings <laughs> too kind of makes me think. No, I no, know. no. Uh, this is just conjecture from other people. <laughs> other people, would, listen. I, allegedly. <laughs> mm, yeah, so I, I suppose it is. It is quite an, an Irish staple. I don't think you. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I would. I would wonder if in in America you saw like. Um, uh, like member of Donald Trump's uh, government, you know, cabinet member like uh, you know, William Barr, the Attorney General, or uh, uh, whoever the Secretary of State is, Mike Pompeo, walking out of a local shop with a breakfast roll, one of his advisors behind him also eating a breakfast roll. Because that's what you see in Ireland quite regularly. I saw yeah, I mean, a particular I minister, I think, most <laughs> mustachioed Irish politician coming out of a shop eating a chicken fillet roll, he was Minister for Defence, and that was yeah. like that was that was quite funny. I mean, I know it's it's strange, as we've described, but at the same time, it, it's odd that it hasn't picked up in other places. It's a great way of doing it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's convenient. And I know, I suppose, there are places where food, similar similarly in France, yeah. where you want to take your time with your meal. Yeah. You wouldn't be doing it on the go. There are cultures where food yeah. is much more highlighted as something important it's... and needing to take its time with. Whereas here, it's very much a rush, or rush hour on the go kind of situation. I guess it wouldn't be a million miles away from the concept of like, you know, a McMuffin kind of breakfast or McDonald's. Sure. It's the same kind of having something kind of quick on yeah, the go. Yeah, it's quite, quite a lot larger for yeah. the people who are doing a lot of manual labour, as you said. Or maybe meat. a breakfast burrito, like you'd have yeah, in some parts. Thing. Or, you know, like you kind of see the Koreans as well and um, in Hong Kong, I've seen kind of street food where it's like kind of quick street food that's portable, sometimes incorporating eggs and things like that and almost a sandwich. And so it's, it's not abnormal, I wouldn't say. It's just that we've kind of made the best version. Of course. And uh, we love it so much that one of our great Irish comedians actually enshrined it in a song. I called think... the Jumbo Breakfast Roll. Did that get to number one? I hope so. I think it got at least very high. It definitely got in the charts. Like this was what, about 2005, was it? 2006? I couldn't say no. But it was definitely kind of the mid 2000s that this song was released by Pat Short and. He was like in one of his characters is I can't remember what the character was, but he he released a DVD and like he the end of it was him doing this and yeah. it, it got really big and it just literally lists what's in the breakfast road as the chorus. Just to remember the chorus of Oh yeah, of course. I mean it, yeah. it it's a great song. It has everything that you'd want. Yep. Out of a silly kind of comedy song. And it even it it chronicles the whole journey from him getting up in the morning to going to a, a petrol station or gas station. Yep. To uh to pick it up and even like interacting with the woman behind the counter. Shishita, do you want some sauce? Because <laughs> I do on my roll. Yeah. Even even like the bit where he it has an effect in his life because he's eating these every morning and he has a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something that you should look up because it's fantastic to hear him singing about something so benign as just a breakfast option. Yeah, it, it's it's quite bizarre. I've shown non-Irish people this song before and they don't quite get it, but. 
maybe that's Irish comedy, I don't know. I mean, that's fair. It It's an odd one, but it really just, it struck a chord with people at the time, and it just blew up here because everyone loves a breakfast roll. It's kind of a treat maybe at the weekend or, as yeah. you know, after you're hungover. Absolutely. I, I, I can't remember the last time I've had them. I think maybe when I was hungover down in Killarney a while back would probably be the last time I did. Yeah, that I couldn't cool. say either, but I think tomorrow morning will probably be <laughs> when that streak ends. Oh, <laughs> it's like, damn it, Stu, you're putting ideas <laughs> into my head. There is a garage down the road. Hey, we'll be right back, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> If only we could, Rob, but we're so dedicated to this podcast that we'll just have to do it afterwards. Yeah. So uh, I think that's about all we can say about the humble breakfast roll. Without getting too hungry. Oh, what a beautiful thing. Uh, so we'll get on to the movie itself. So this time we reviewed Dead Meat, which uh, is from 2004. So it's basically the story of mad cow disease breaking out in Leitrim and then one of the cows attacks a farmer and it progresses through, but it kind of makes them zombies in a way. And then yeah. from that you have uh, the main character, Helena, kind of getting caught up in the middle of it and trying to escape and uh, people she meets along the way and what happens to her as she goes. Yeah, it's definitely different um, yeah. I, don't know, I don't really know what I expected when I came into this I think I had heard of this film vaguely back in the day there used to be a show on RTE called Blizzard of Odd with um, a comedian Colin Murphy used to present and he used to do these kind of bits of weird films I think this was mentioned on it when probably about the time it came out because I definitely had something at the back of my head of this Irish film about zombie cows but I yeah. don't know if I'd seen this before but I yeah well but... I mean I think around the, the whole uh Mad Cow Disease era, there were a couple of films released with yeah. similar themes of animals, on, or farm animals, I should say, catching some kind of virus and then passing it on. Like, there was that one in New Zealand with the sheep. Oh, Jesus, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, yeah, loads of schlocky horror movies like that that just kind of came out in one swathe. I can remember when there was a, uh, an outbreak of Mad Cow Disease, and I think as well, and they had to burn the cows because there's no way of curing it and yeah. if some people some person gets it it can be ba it's basically fatal I think if a human gets it we don't know how it transmits I remember there was a foot and mouth outbreak as well which is yeah. another um, bovine or animal related disease that came here from you know the UK thanks England and I remember that quite a bit like we weren't you weren't allowed to be anywhere near a farm at the time yeah I remember we had to like wash our shoes when we, we were did. to school and like we're both from a city, like we don't. I mean, having said that, there is actually a farm up there, not too far from where I live. Yeah, there but, are cows in the field behind my house. So yeah, so I mean, there there are there. We have to like step in something. You have to wash your hands constantly, and well, none of us got it as far as I'm aware. So we're probably fine. yeah. Or we're all gone crazy. We're actually in a mental hospital talking to nothing. Who knows? <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I've had a good run. As the doctors come in. It's like, what are you doing today? Now we're doing a podcast. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what this is. What's he on about? <laughs> Just talking into like a hairbrush instead of the microphone. <laughs> Couldn't even afford that. Who, who is this Stewie he's speaking <laughs> <of>? <laughs> He died years ago. So anyway, it was directed by uh, Conor McMahon, who's kind of been in a couple of things. He actually was the editor for The Rubber Bandit's Guide to Everything. That's really good. Yeah. That's so really good. He, uh, he, he has a few bits. He's directed a couple of other horror movies. Which I think he's had. He's used some of the same actors for. Oh, well, I and, have uh, a thing on that for later. have a thing on that for later. And he was actually... Uh, a background extra as a pedestrian in Mel Gibson's Edge of Darkness. Yeah, I didn't know that. Which is just a, a random extra piece that was on his IMDb page. I'm sure he got a few quid for it. <laughs> Hopefully. Maybe he even met the man himself and got some slurs thrown at him for being a human being. <laughs> yeah, Mel Gibson is certainly a character. <laughs> he took the whole Mad Max thing a little too seriously. Yeah, I think it was what Frankie Boyle says. Everyone said Mel, at the time Mel Gibson could never be a Scot, and now look at him, an alcoholic racist. Yeah, <laughs> he's done something for himself. So then with the stars we have, and I'm going to mispronounce this because I have no idea, Marion Araujo? Araujo? Aruyo, maybe? Aruyo? As Helena. So she was kind of the main character that we're introduced to at the start. Um, I believe she's Spanish, but I had no idea throughout the course of the film I found, where she was from. Okay, with her accent, I, you could... Okay, she'd definitely tell she wasn't Irish. She was yeah. definitely from the European continent, I would I say. She could have been from, like, Kerry now with that accent. Uh, <laughs> I, I found her accent I, really hard to place. And it's, it's never addressed where she's from, just that she's not from the countryside. Yeah. Really. She's not from Leitrim. That's definitely established. So so I don't think that really plays into it or anything else. It was just odd because you kind of have a curiosity as as the the, the heroine really of the yeah. movie to 
know a little bit more about her, whereas you really don't get a lot I felt coming they, into it. I felt they could have because you could have like added an aspect. Uh, I mean, do I make a spoiler yet? Or no, you can't make okay. a spoiler yet. Okay, the well, whole point of having spoiler free and then spoiler section. Okay, fine. I won't make a spoiler yet. Damn it, Stu, you and your rules. I, but there's a. I think that if they maybe added an aspect of while these things were happening in Ireland and Leitrim in particular, maybe she could be. Oh, I hope my mother is fine back in Spain or wherever. There, there, could, have, there could have been a bit of that, maybe. It, it seems from the movie, at least, that it's isolated to Leitrim. Yeah, which is... Oh, no, we had to lose Leitrim. That would be... Yeah. What a terrible disaster. But that beyond be. that, like, she does a really good job, I think, for, for what it was. I mean, we're going to go into this movie and... Yeah, quite a lot of detail, but th- I th- think... Th- there's a lot of problems, but she does a good job. I mean, even near, near the start, she's, like, running around in heels half the time. And that plays in. We'll get. We'll oh, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. But I thought that she did a fairly good job, even with some of the the more physical scenes. Yeah, I think. Did. I think it's reasonably believable that she could like fight back against someone bigger than her. I think she looks. Like yeah, she's to an extent. Yeah. I mean, like no, we'll get into it later on. But no, <laughs> she she does a great job. Then we have David Moylert. Moylert, that's what I said. I don't know as Desmond. So he's kind of the the hero of the piece, if you will. Desmond Moriarty, isn't it? Possibly, I can't remember. It's, I think it, you think he says it is is Moriarty's son, one of the other characters. Yeah, so yeah. I, I I really thought when he, his name was given as Moriarty, I was like, oh, I bet the twist is going to be he's the evil guy, you know, like Moriarty oh, and right. Sarah Holmes. I thought that I I was I, <laughs> given what we got, Rob. That's reading way way too into it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I was clearly expecting like this. This was like a foreshadowing a massive twist. <laughs> I was just there. It's like. Oh, until the credits rolled. <laughs> but anyway. No, he did a really good job. Um, I think he, ca- he, ca- he came across a lot better than um, Martin, who's the other the other male kind of character at the very yeah, start I, of I the film. Yeah, I didn't even add him here, really, because he, he doesn't play much of a role. He doesn't. Um, we, you know, I, I, I will just add, I think Martin looked like uh, Lindy Beige, the um, YouTuber, a little bit. Oh, right. I don't know who that is, but okay. He does. He does the beard and everything. Trust me on that. I'll look it up. <laughs> so, yeah, he's... He, what is he? Uh, he's a grave digger for the the town. Yep. And uh, he plays that up. I, when I saw saw him first, I, I was actually like, I really hope he's like in the rar or something. He just looked like he yeah, was he, in like the wind he, that shakes he, the bar. He has the paddy cap. He has like one of those heavy coats with the the large like uh, the Sherlock kind of yeah. popped collar. I, I think that if he w- were like wearing a stereotypical Irish kind of costume out in the country, that's exactly what it would be. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like he is. It'd be like um, a Mexican wearing like a sombrero and like a poncho. That, yeah. That's that's the equivalent of that. Yeah, and he, he's running around then with a, a shovel the whole time which she uses to great effect which we'll get into later on he i you know i i I'll never underestimate a shovel again that, <laughs> that that shovel night game was actually more accurate than we thought to yeah he does a lot with it but he, he was probably one of the better actors i think did a good job i i think he he was believable which is something interesting you definitely yeah. got the vibe that he was kind of like your kind of charming irish kind of fella out yeah. there i mean i think he, like he comes across quite, of it. yeah he kind of comes across quite well and it's like i think he did a very good job yeah, and then we have our third lead, oh, and yes. everyone's yes. absolute favourite. If you haven't watched it, this person will be the one that you fall in love with. Owen Whelan as Cahill, and just what a performance. I mean, hamming it up like the best of them. I don't think he was acting, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> he was just confused and <laughs> wandered onto the set. I think, like, I, I think that this was such a natural performance. Like, I know people like this. You know, this was just like a kind of, like, almost like an Irish farmer. To very an much so. I mean, it was a bit inflated. It was definitely a bit inflated, but not, like, he was definitely playing it up a bit, but not too much. I think this was, I think this was actually fairly accurate. Yeah. It reminded me of someone very particular, even down to the jumper he was wearing, which oh, is, yeah. that jumper is just, you know, if you meet certain farmers out in, like, West Clare in particular, that is the jumper they're wearing. This, this guy just reminded me of so many people I've met out in the country who were farmers and pubs like just down to everything this was just for me spot on yeah I think this was was great brilliant I think the the best way I described it to you before we started is he's a mix between bubbles from the trailer park boys uh, especially with the glasses and the kind of the the way his mouth kind of contorts and then um, (laughs) a Pat Short character yeah kind of loud mouth vein um, he really reminded me of John Kenny's 
character when he did the uh, Bridie's Christening, the monologue. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a great Irish comedy monologue by uh, John Kenny called Bridie's Christening, where he just relates a story for about eight minutes, just entirely off his mind, talking about a christening at his, his sister's house. And it's excellent. It's one of the greatest bits of Irish comedy, I would say. Watch it on yeah. YouTube if you haven't. But he's just exactly the same as that. Like You, you could say him saying some of those lines and it would be the exact same. Fair enough. Then uh, the one kind of surprise star in this, who was only in for at the very beginning is mm-hmm. Ned Dennehy who was the first zombie that they kind of hit with their car and then yeah. everything kind of goes off but he's actually been in some amazing stuff I don't yeah. know how I think it's probably because this was done uh, with partnership from the Irish uh, film board how they, they got that so I don't know <laughs> I don't know like it could have been a student project or something I'm not I, entirely I, sure I, I looked into this a bit it, it was uh, the guy that did it Connor uh, what's his name Connor McMahon, McMahon sorry he actually came up with the idea while he was studying up in um, the Irish Film College right? yeah. I think it's up in IDAT uh, in Dublin and he said he had the idea for this and he wanted to shoot it so this was not his first film as but it was his first proper one so clearly he so he said he, he talked to someone and they liked the gist of it yeah so fair enough so yeah, he had Ned Dennehy, who's been in the likes of Peaky Blinders, Good Omens, and actually in Rogue One. So yeah. we, we have a guy from A Star War in this, so... Yeah, just like the fellow we had in... Um, the Foreigner, yeah. The Foreigner, who was in Father Ted and Star Wars. Yeah, so we're getting a connection. Uh, so I suppose we'll start into the spoiler-free section. Yeah. Um, first off, <laughs> this was dedicated to someone, and I could not find out anything about this person. I t- yeah, I couldn't either. Ian Rosam. I just, I looked him up. Like, he has an IMDb credit, but it's for the did de- he, dedication in this. Did he pass away or something, I presume? I, I really couldn't say. Like, maybe it's just a friend of his that he wanted to dedicate the movie yeah, to. Yeah, which is nice, it's, but I just couldn't find anything. strange just not to be able to find anything. Uh, then, as I said, this was in association with the Irish Film Board, which is kind of crazy. I wasn't expecting that to come up. I, I was, yeah, this is very odd, like... It's, I mean, it's certainly not the worst film I've seen that's been sponsored by sure. the government, yeah, that's but fair. it's an interesting choice. I don't really know if, at the time when, like, Foot and Mouth and Mad Cow Disease War Serious Concerns, like, agriculture is a massive thing in, in this country, that they would have sponsored what essentially is a fear-mongering about that. I guess, yeah, I can see your point there. Um, I mean, obviously, with a pinch of salt. Um, sorry, there's another train passing right by a train track. But, that's what uh, they're here for, Rob. They're that's here what for they're the here for. They're here for the... <laughs> I, I did start... I did find a nice train podcast the other day. There's <laughs> just some train spotters listening in to try to hear what kind of train it is. <laughs> Answers on a postcard, please. I'll let you know if you're right or not. Uh, one weird thing I noticed. Near the start where they're in the car, it really seems like the audio was from so, like a different time. Yeah. Like it was, you know, whatever, ADR back in. Like they recorded... Bit separately, there was definitely one or just cleaner. There was definitely one or two parts of the film where I think they might have redone the the lines, like redubbed it or yeah, something. Possibly, I didn't really notice any kind of mouths being out of sync, but definitely the audio sounded different from when they were like shooting on location than in the car, if you will. So I don't know if because they were mic'd up differently or they had like mics on their yeah, person, like, but it, there it was could be quality. just a difference in miking. But like when they were in the car, you'd expect it to be quite like how this podcast is. Yeah, for shit. Compared to them being in a, a massive studio and getting like this perfect sound out of it yeah. in the car, it just it didn't match. I, really. I, I kind of just on a, a production note as well. I I think now the lighting was very off in this film yeah, at times. It had a kind of a sepia tone over a lot of it. Which I think is fine. It's a choice that isn't terrible, but particularly they actually shot these scenes at night in some cases. And yeah, that, that was the, the hard part. While... I think it does add atmosphere, particularly a, a bit towards the end when they're in the Jeep. Yeah. I think that came across quite well with the, with the, the yeah, Jeep that... lights actually going through the darkness. That actually was a quite... I think that actually paid off very well. Yeah. It was, it was I think, quite an innovative use of what using what they had to get an effect. I think it worked quite well in that sense, but... Yeah, it's later I, on when the very, could have really used... The very end of the film, we're not doing spoilers yet, where they're around the castle, that's really hard to keep up on what's happening. I, I really struggled to keep track of what, because for a lot of it, the only light you're kind of getting is... Is it? improvised torch is an improvised torch and like and that's like legitimately I don't think they had any other lights set up really around there and I found it at times very hard to keep track of of that Um, even when they're going to make a campfire as well that's a bit hard to keep track into there's definitely very dark parts inside the house as well at the start it's a bit hard to keep track I I mean that's probably down to their own constraints on (laughs) getting lighting and then getting power for that lighting but at the same time it's just it is very difficult to keep track 
as you said, yeah. the, the stuff that's going on. There's also interesting camera angles and cuts throughout the film. Yeah. It's it's very, I mean, I'm, I'm going to make a few wrestling references through this podcast, <laughs> but it, it's very much, if you like watch like Kevin Dunn and like doing Monday Night Raw anytime soon, it's just like camera cut, camera cut, camera cut, because like I'm going to punch, it was a like, camera cut, camera cut reaction. There was that, and it gets very confusing at times because it's like they almost redo the same shot three times from three different angles, but time doesn't progress. Yeah, it's very noticeable when Des- Desmond goes into his own house. It's like they show him walking into the house from like a first person perspective of him going through the door. Then they show like a shot from him walking into the house from inside the house. Then there's like a shot from behind him going into the house. And I, I got I had to watch that back because it, I, I got very confused by it. But no, it's the same action shot three different ways and put together. But time doesn't progress between each of the shots. If you know what I mean, yeah. it's this. It is. It's the same action, and that happens a couple of times. Like at the very start, when Martin is getting something out of the boot of the car, it it cuts to like a perspective of like inside the boot, looking up at him taking the thing out twice. Yeah, and then it cuts to like back to him and back to the other scene. It, the cuts are a, a bit distracting at times, and it doesn't really flow with the action. Sure. So I I just feel it's worth noting that. Yeah, I mean, like there there are a lot of strange cuts, but as we said. This is kind of one of his first films, yeah. and I think at this point we'll probably end up doing a Conor McMahon series. I think go we through should. it and hopefully see him kind of progressing as a filmmaker and getting better. Yeah, oh, I, I don't like. I don't mean to criticize. I have done a bit of filmmaking in my time, and Stu knows what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, we couldn't do any anything oh, any no. way better than this. This was a it, million times better than. I, I mean, I I I'd say that I I enjoyed this film, and I think I I don't mean to criticize a professional who was doing this obviously under I don't know, time constraints or anything like that. Yeah, but, like obviously he didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, and it's a newer venture for him. Say so. it's unfair me to maybe compare this to some of the other films we reviewed who who did have budgets in six figures and all that but you know I think it's just worth noting that I found some of this quite distracting at times and I found the action I I felt my enjoyment of the film suffered a little bit because of the lighting in particular and also some of the cuts were a bit distracting so I think it's just worth saying that at the very least yeah another thing with it that spoiler free is the practical effects in this were awful and brilliant I think is the best way of describing it yeah it's like I think they they did a good job. I think with them because they, they could have done kind of bad early kind of CGI stuff, but I'm glad they tried to do practical effects. Like you see people getting their heads caved in, and you yeah, see like decapitations, cuts, decapitations. which you could have just kind of done with a cut and then just hidden the head. But they really went for it, and obviously they had someone there who was making these fake heads, which are really badly obvious that they're fake heads. Like but at the same time, turnips or something. Yeah, it, it's still very enjoyable to see it. I'm glad they went to the effort of doing that. I think it does make it somewhat a bit better. It it doesn't it doesn't distract from you know if it was bad CGI or something like that or it was yeah. clearly fake. It, this is it's it's definitely not real. But I I like the effort they went through to make this more realistic. Even with some of the face makeup on some of the zombies in it, um, it isn't actually that bad. It, it, it's it's not you know there's like a bit of blood on them, but like it, it's it's kind of worn. It's definitely like yeah. this blood that's dried in and some of the things in their face like they're obvious they're zombies, but it's not like green skin it, falling yeah, off. Almost that's a little inconsistent. There are sometimes when they're it is yeah kind of almost fresh faced zombies, and other times where they have. One kind of makeup on and another kind. Oh, I've got, I've got some notes on that for later when we get into spoilers. Strange. But it's, I, I think overall it's yeah. the, the, the design choices and costumes, makeup, that kind of thing. It's, it's pretty good. I, I even like how we, we see uh, Helena's, or Helena's sorry, costume kind of deteriorate over the film. And it yeah. stays consistent, which I think it, from a continuity perspective is actually quite good. I didn't notice any bits of clothing reappearing or things like yeah. that. So fair play to them. Uh, another great thing is the... Uh... Kyle's creative use of the Irish language. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, tr- warning for anyone who hasn't watched it already, he uses the sea bomb in this a lot. Yeah. Now, in Ireland, it's similar to the way it is in the likes of Australia, where we're just kind of, it's just a term of endearment for the most yeah. part. We kind of use it a lot anyway in different respects. In, it doesn't s- have the same connotations as in, it might in, in America. In this country, a sound C word is a term of, a great term of endearment. Yes. I'm not, but we're not, we do swear in this podcast, but we're yeah, not, we're but not we going to use that we word. We won't use this one at the minute. Yeah. Because we don't want to be cancelled again already. Yeah, no, uh, we're not, we're not <laughs> using that particular word, but it's, um. Uh, he uses words like banjaxed. I love that one. 
I, I love how he goes at one point, he says, uh, it's Banjax referring to the car, and then Helena uh, asks Desmond, what does that mean? He goes, it means it's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> just brilliant. Just he, whatever he was doing on the set was just the best. I mean, there's he, a very good bit as well. He where... calls them gowls all the time. I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> that is such a Limerick thing, and I just found that hilarious. Well, I mean, gowl kind of has two versions. I think in Limerick, it tends to mean Egypt, and in other parts of Ireland, it tends to be similar to the sea bomb. Um, there's, from what I've heard. I've heard both. There is an older Irish term coming from kind of a bit of Irish and a bit of English where a gowler would mean not a foreigner in a pejorative sense, but it would if you got someone a gowler, it would basically mean you're the same as the English. Why don't you go back to England? Ah, right, yeah. it, it kind of kind of a majority of, oh, you're very high and mighty kind of a sense. I've heard it used in that context before. Yeah, but that, you know, we call each other gowls all the time, so... Yeah. It's just a... I, I did love as well where um, when they first come across him after they meet Lisa, the little girl. Yeah. Uh, and they, he's like out there in the car and he kind of gets very aggressive towards Helena because I think he probably thinks she's a zombie. And then as soon as Desmond comes across, he kind of establishes, oh, is it you? He goes, oh, you're Pat Moriarty's son. Yeah, Desmond. yeah. And he goes, oh, you're the coach. We used to you do when I did junior and her. And he goes, oh, I remember you now. You were shite. <laughs> <laughs> He's just he yeah. he has just got so many good lines, like, and he's just such. If a this podcast goes character. anywhere, we're going to have to interview this man. I and we we need to find out if he's just ad libbing because he's the best. I I like I genuinely think a lot of that wasn't scripted. I think it was just too fluid and just yeah. Like, if this was scripted, Jesus, give give the person who wrote this. If it was like Connor uh, McMahon or anything else, give them a bloody raise. This yeah. was outstanding. Uh, I don't have much else for spoiler free but one thing that I really liked was near the very start they uh, they drive past an old rusted out tractor which is quite a, an Irish thing to see it around. is yeah they just get left I mean the tractors in this country run for years I mean I've seen ones that have are like license plates from 1970 and they're still going strong but uh, at some point a lot of farmers will just kind of park them up and leave them to, to rust which uh, becomes a feature of the landscape I suppose at yeah. this stage um, I feel like one of the things spoiler free just about cattle again um, you can't just surname Stu Kiant or Kiant yeah it's it's a bit odd now Kiant isn't a terribly common Irish name I, I need to look at Eamon Kiant who was a Irish revolutionary leader was executed in 1916 was the is the only kind of version of that name I've heard they got like Kiant Station in in Galway right. is, I think I think it's Kiant Station in Galway I hope it is is named after him but I noticed there was an unusual spelling of his name used it was given as a C-H-E-U-N-T which I I've never come across a, 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 even the, the Irish or English version of that name uh, given like that before. So I googled it, Stu. That spelling of the surname Kiant. Would you like to guess how many people in the United States um, use that version of that name? Uh, five. Four. Ah, so close. And I couldn't find anyone in Ireland that actually used this version of this name in, in real life. But I did find, another, the other place I could find this was in Canada. Right. How many people do you guess in Canada use it, Stu? We're going to go with five again. One. Ooh. Oh, there is one. I, I I, hope there is a real cattle cant out there in Canada <laughs> just like, oh, they're stealing my name again. So, yeah, that was that was something. It's, it's very similar to a, a, a Cameroonian name, as it turned out, with that given spelling. So, yeah. maybe, maybe, there you go. Right. So, before we get into spoilers, Rob, what's your... Uh... Verdict. I'm gonna have to say a crock of gold. I actually enjoyed this a lot more. I, I I would watch this again. Yeah, I I will also say that it is a crock of gold. I mean, it's it's schlock, but it's the best kind of schlock. Where I'm sure they knew that it was that it was going to be that way, and so they lent into it as much as they could. You know, this film actually surpassed my expectations. Like even yeah. it, when I kind of saw the what this was going into it, I had low expectations, but I thought I might enjoy it because it's so bad it's good, because I love those kind of films. But after the first five minutes were a bit dodgy, I thought, no, this isn't looking good. Yeah, it was odd near the start. But... When it got into it properly, I found myself actually just enjoying it as a film. I, yeah, mean, I mean, I it, this this was a lot better quality than it had any right to be, and I don't mean yeah. that in a bad way. I think it, it's one of those movies that, even though it's meant to be horror, kind of strays into becoming an accidental comedy. But it doesn't. But it doesn't go away from that too much. Like there's some bits towards the end which we'll talk about that. I think are quite effective, um, and but I, I just think I cannot praise like Cattle Kant's character. That character made this film. Yeah, he, like without him, it, he it, is we by far the best character. I 
Probably. <laughs> I think like as soon as he came onto screen, it saved this film and I absolutely fell in love with him and just, oh God, he's so great. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone should be worried. <laughs> right, so into spoilers then. Right. So, zombie cows as a concept, I, I it's, it's hard to tell whether they mean that they're actual zombies or if it's some form of the mad cow disease that's giving them a zombie-like effect. You know, like in um, 28 Days Later, they're not really zombies. They have the rage virus. Yeah. So it's kind of quote-unquote different. Yeah, I kind of got the impression they were saying, oh, that this is like a strain of mad cow disease that can go to humans and make yeah. them mad, effectively. Yeah, because... One of the weird things near the start is when Ned, the first zombie, that like they hit him with their car and then they pull him into the back and then he starts biting, uh, what's his face? Uh, Martin. Martin. Um, and then she sprays him with like hairspray in the eyes. Yeah. And it's like, if he's a zombie, that definitely wouldn't work. Yeah, it's I, I, I think as well, if I could talk about the very start of the film where, so there's the two of them in the car, some are unfamiliar. Yeah. They, this guy comes out of nowhere literally and they run him down. Well, they start shifting in the car. Yeah okay, yeah, okay, fair fair enough. But I, I thought in the preceding chat you didn't see him on the road, but I'm yeah. willing to forgive that. So naturally what you do is check if he's dead and like, well, we better put him into the car. Yeah. Would you not, like, I get you, like, this is maybe before mobile phones were terribly common, although I'm pretty sure I had a phone in 2004. Um, would you not call see, the guards? Because I think this is before the outbreak had been announced, so they wouldn't know this had happened yet yeah it was strange i mean from that opening scene what i really found strange just because i was looking for it in the rest of the movie yeah is the necklace that he gives her i thought that would play like I, a yeah, plot I, point i thought that was going to be like a Chekhov's gun kind of thing where at some point it's going to come back because she loses it later on yeah and then it's like oh she's going to find it again or there's something like I, she's going to think she's alone and then she's going to find it and it's like oh yeah. shit there are zombies around like, but I, it just never comes back I praise the script writing earliness particularly around Kyle's character but someone who, who is a I'm not a professional writer by any means but I do write stuff and I understand how to kind of structure things yeah. I, I generally you, as you said like Jacob's on you don't introduce kind of a, a an item like that a MacGuffin almost if you will and and then not have anything to do with it. I thought it would definitely be like, oh, he's a lot of importance in putting it. It stands out. Yeah, it's just it's a scene that could have been missed, and they could have just kissed anyway. Yeah, and it wouldn't have mattered anything to the rest of the plot. If you had, for example, he was like putting the necklace on her while driving, and that's why they had the crash. That could have worked, but even then, this was weird. Still, like, it just it seemed to have more importance than it actually ended up. I, having. I honestly wonder if there is like almost a director's cut of this or there's like Possibly. cut scenes I mean, that like where maybe bits and bobs like this did play a role because yeah. it's the same as well with now this is a minor thing that i, I mentioned to Stu earlier uh des desmond's character because his surname is given as moriarty when he meets cat he's oh you're um michael moriarty's son yeah i really thought that was going somewhere because he's like moriarty from sherlock holmes and victor I, th I think he gives his father's name as michael i'm not or mike moriarty mm -hmm. i'm not too sure i really thought he was going to be like the bad guy in the end. That was, and that was like kind of the the foreshadowing. But clearly, I was reading far much into this than I should have. Yeah, that that was a lot of heavy lifting on your part to try to yeah. <laughs> change the the story of the movie. All, all I'm saying is, if, if if I get permission to do the remake, I I'm going to make a few changes. Uh, so, what did you think of her casual stroll to the house? I know she was in heels. Yeah, but she was kind of. Her, her boyfriend had just been bitten in the neck by a person that they had killed with their car. Yeah. I, and she just kind of, like, skips along to the house. So my first thought was, wouldn't you... Doesn't he say, like, at one point, Martin, the boyfriend, that put me in the back of the car and drive to a hospital? Or did I misunderstand that? Because I, I thought that he said that put me in the car and we'll drive off, sure. Because, like, sure, surely... can't remember now. Because surely, was. like, you could drive the car and get help. Like, surely, you, you know, like, back the way you came... Maybe she doesn't have a license to drive in this country, Rob. Think about it. Come on. I think there's an emergency like that, too. <laughs> I think it's fine if you say, oh, my boy, we've been, a, we've been attacked by someone. Like, Do you run him down? Oh, in defence we did. <laughs> he came at me with a knife. We all saw it. So that was weird. But yeah. I think, I don't know, maybe it was just the way I was looking at it. But it just seemed like she was walking weird as well. I guess she's wearing heels in the yeah. countryside. Maybe that was it. But... I love that. Very they, casual walk. They go into that really shitty farmhouse. And, you know, that that is another thing that you will probably find in this country. There are a couple of, uh, of abandoned 
farmhouse. I fully believe that is like an old farm where someone would have lived in. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they just used it as a location without probably didn't even need permission because no one owns it. But I did love that uh, they have uh, Pope John Paul II kind of. I thought that was. A little one, and then they have the big Jesus Christ painting as well, which is a staple of Irish households, especially. I know I mentioned it in one of the other podcasts we did, talking about like they had like a picture of Pope John Paul, like JFK on the wall. I think it was the Ankh. And I thought that was pretty accurate. The thing of Jesus as well as obviously plays a plot point. I thought that was pretty accurate. Definitely was a very Irish house, even like the dinner on the table with like yeah. potatoes and sausages. Like there you go, there's a dinner. Rotten, mouldy. Yeah. Which, at, at which point you should just get the fuck out of there. You shouldn't keep looking around the house. And she found like the elf like dead in the bed, so he's not yeah. a zombie. It's hard to tell. He might have been eaten by zombies and then left there. Yeah. It, it it's a bit inconsistent. I find in zombie films like at what point someone turns into a zombie versus they're killed and just eaten. Because yeah, they do some if you, weird things if you with like, the zombies in this. If you take a bite out of someone, they become a zombie. They they're not eaten because they're a zombie. But if you take a bite out of someone and enough you do and just kill them, then you can eat them. Yeah. So it, why would it, you turn someone into a zombie if that's the only thing you can eat to live? Well, I, like they don't eat eat people to live they just eat them because that's their compulsion yeah I, I know there was like a there's quite a this is dealt with at length in uh, one of the, the George A. Romeo's Land of the Dead films I think it's I think it's the third one they actually there's like a scientist and he does experiments into this and he's like Although they, zombies can actually live in a vegetarian diet. Is it really? And then, yeah, of course they can. Then it turns out he's feeding them corpses. And you had the uh, the bloody rosary as well, which I think you have some information on. The bloody rosary? They zoom in on a shot with the, the, the farmer on the bed. Oh, it's yeah. It's on like, his hand and he has the rosary. Oh, yeah. that that I mean, I suppose you'd be praying the rosary and you passed away. I mean, there's an interesting kind of thing with religious symbol, symbolism here. Um... I thought as well it was interesting when she's being attacked by Martin as a zombie and she takes the nail out of yeah. Jesus' thing and put it into his head. I think there's like obviously a slight allusion there to Jesus and the cross and everything. Oh yeah, I suppose he was nailed to the cross as well. Because I kind of thought as well that at one point when he comes in with the... What does he have when he he's come, goes into the bedroom? Is that like oh, he gets a, a pickaxe. Yeah, I thought that was actually just a massive cross off the wall. And so I, I thought literally he was going to try and kill her with the cross. And I'm like, well, this is some very overt uh, religious imagery, you know? Yeah. That scene kind of got a little Shaun of the Dead where the record player starts going. That, yeah, that was, you see, that was almost going like, oh, is this a comedy? Because that yeah. was just too comedic timing almost. Well, at the very least, it's an illusion. When and, did the Shaun of the Dead come out? Was this around the same time, actually? I think this was the same year, actually, uh, about that, come to think of it. Because um, for some reason, I, I think of this film as coming out much sooner than it has. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, it's um, the same year, so clearly... They definitely knew about the other one, I'd say. I don't know. He couldn't have come out. So maybe the director's better than we thought, and he has similar ideas to um, what's his face who did Shaun of the Dead. Um. Oh, Ginger Lads. Simon. No, no, not Simon Pegg. The the director. Oh. Um. What's his name again? I cannot think of it now. As usual, we are so bad with names. Yeah. It will never get better. No, I don't think so. But um, yeah, there's something to think about. I, I will just mention I found this um, paper about Irish horror uh, called "Horror Hurling and Bertie: Aspects of Contemporary Irish Horror Cinema" by Sean Crossan up in uh, I think NUIG, uh, National University of Ireland, Galway. Um, UCG as it used to be known, and and he, he actually talks a lot about this film and um, other films that the director Conor McMahon has done and. Also, this kind of went into the fact that Cattle is in another other films, Irish zombie films, as the same character, which I think we should definitely watch more of these. So I'll just give a shout out to this. It's a fantastic paper. I wish I had more time to read this out fully and flesh it out, but I think we should definitely touch on this thing again. But As I said, we can go through more of his films in the future. Um, absolutely, but there's some interesting just stuff in it that I, I didn't even really kind of catch um, talking about it. and. He, he does mention as well the religious kind of things that are mentioned here as kind of a... Um... I'm leaving all of this in, by the way. <laughs> Just the complete dead air. <laughs> Unprofessionalism, right? Unprofessionalism. I, sorry, I didn't make a note of this. You kind of caught me off guard there. I was going to tell something else there. I can just cut a lot of this. <laughs> Never. Yeah, so like the religious imagery is there. The kind of clutching the rosary beads is kind of a... You know, as one does, as wasn't you yeah. pass away in the Catholic thing, and the kind of destruction of religious imagery there, almost like the 
destruction of Catholic Ireland and Leitrim, I think there's certain points to it. But um, I, I think it was interesting. We have to talk about how Martin is killed, though. Yeah. So, Stu, um, uh, if your former partner was coming at you with a pickaxe and they just embedded the pickaxe in a record player, which is playing, obviously you would reach to the first thing that was on the ground next to you to defend yourself. Yeah, of course. A, a vacuum. A vacuum cleaner or a hoover. And then hit them in the face with this turn it on and suck out their eye and that kills them. I assume it was probably part of the brain as well with self doubt. I think so. I didn't know that could happen. Like I, I, I don't know if I've seen that in a movie before. Well, I, I was going to say that I was watching Extreme Rules uh, WWE at the weekend there and they had the eye for the eye match where the winner had to rip the other person's eye out. I'm thinking if only Rey Mysterio had that, he probably could have won that match. Right. But they'd probably have to get branded Hoover from whoever <laughs> still makes Hoovers. <laughs> well, not Dyson anyway. But um, yeah, so that was one of the more bizarre movie deaths I've yeah. ever seen. Um, maybe that, not... that practical effect was actually pretty good, I must say. Yeah, I don't know how exactly they did it. Maybe it had like a thing around it, but I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah. But I've never seen someone killed by a Hoover like that before. Yeah. So then she kind of she runs off into the woods, and uh, shortly after we meet the other main character, Desmond. Yeah. But uh, what happens is she walks out onto the road and a car is coming along and it keeps going. And so Desmond kind of runs out into the road and pushes her off. And uh, I actually noticed something that you might have missed. Oh. Did you recognize the car? No. It's Kyle's car. Oh. Oh, actually, yeah. Yeah. Come to think of it. I don't know if they just budgetarily, they could only get the one extra car. And so they used it. But I think it's a really subtle nod to Cahill just being a fucking crazy person well, he and wasn't, not giving well, he, a shit. Well, he wasn't driving. It was the, the wife. Either way, like the two driving. of them are mental. And so it's just, I was like, is that the car? And I, I like, I slowed it down. I had it going like yeah. one frame. And then you can see the back. It has like the, uh, yeah. the <laughs> wheel with the cover on it. So it's very distinctive. And it's like, yeah, I it's actually, the exact same car. I actually think I did kind of cop that a bit when you see Cattle's car like in the field and yeah. later on the film. I was like, is that maybe the same car that they did? So that was actually... He noticed it after I told him about it. Well, it was just... I, I took it back <laughs> in my head, maybe. I don't know. I didn't particularly know. genius it. Rob Cross over here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was really funny that just that those crazy bastards tried to kill her at one point and now they're best friends. Yeah, and it, I, I think as well, like Desi's guard was using a shovel as a weapon like that every yeah. decapitating people with it or my favourite throwing it not the the handle yeah. first <laughs> like a spear like a spear <laughs> and it going through like Stu I don't know how hard you have to throw like a wooden stick effectively like yeah. to go through I, someone I like that I think if you did that at me it would just probably bounce off my chest and give me a bruise like I, like if he threw it like shovel blade first yeah and it was like oh I've sharpened it okay I'm willing to at least believe that could conceivably go through like yeah. a rotten flesh something like that but like handle so firstly he's thrown it the, the hardest part through it the round kind of wooden yeah. bit through someone's stomach also that's the bit you're going to be holding and it's covered in zombie blood and it's never really established if you get like the blood on yourself do you or like into your well, system that, that mustn't happen because later on they definitely get load on yeah. their face so, so it's, it's pretty much you have to be bitten yeah in order to become a zombie well, i'm just thinking if that was the case, like in terms of infection and all that, then why would you do that? Because then you're going to have to cover yourself in zombie blood. Like, what happens if you have like a slight cut? Like, you get a splinter on yeah. that. You're infected. You're a zombie now. Yeah. I just thought that was a weird decision. I thought it was a. It was funny though. I like the practical effect. Like you could see the light through the the hole in yeah. the guy's chest they, was they quite did good. A good job there. I think it was funny when they're climbing over the the fence and she just leaves it open and fucks up and he has to go back and close it. That was quite it's like good. the country code or whatever the fuck it used to be called. When you're hiking, you have to leave every gate as you found it. I like I like as well. Or he, he just goes at some point. I used to call it hanging trees when they crawl. Yeah, he I, just keeps just telling her the stories. And I don't think it's true. I couldn't find any information. Um, there is the stump of what was a hanging tree, but it's from like 1798. Yeah. So it it's not anywhere close to Cromwell's time. Yeah, there's, I mean, Oliver Cromwell is not a popular figure in this country. Um, some people in the UK, like there's yeah. a statue and that's like the British Parliament about him and people wonder why we... Um, don't like them very yeah. much or, or why, why wouldn't uh, yeah. they take their but seats it's over there it's just hard to make up something when there's probably something like, it's Irish <laughs> history that valley wherever they were probably had some tragedy happen there yeah it was probably during the famine or something like that and I think that would have like hunger and then the zombies were eating things mm. like, I thought it would have played into it nicely but I, I thought it was nice but of course the best kills in the film yeah 
you know, we, so, um, Des is, they go into this castle together. Des is trying to knock through this lock on a door. Yeah. This metal door there. Doesn't and, work. But then it doesn't can, work. But Helena. They can climb up and there's another way down. But Helena knows, oh, we can climb up there. But there's a guy, zombie coming around the corner. So what does she do? What does she do? She bends down, takes off the high heel, fucks it at the guy and it goes straight to his and kills him. Yeah. Uh, so clearly she's the fucking ninja. Like, how do you think about doing that? And instead of like, it's not even thinking about it. The fact that it worked, or the fact that she does it again, I, I love. Yeah, the, with the other shoe. <laughs> the other shoe, like he gets this guy in the eye, and I love his death. It just sounds like he's choking on like I don't know a, 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 a peanut or something. Because like this this guy, wherever this zombie was, you're the zombie on top of the castle who got hit in the eye, and then you fall back. You, my friend, properly handed up for the camera. Mm. It was like, <laughs> yeah, kind of a thing. So then we get. Some more weird stuff with zombies. There was a zombie in a wheelchair. What the hell was that? I, 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 and then he like falls out of the wheelchair because he's on a hill and he just I, starts rolling down. I, I genuinely had to go back and watch that again because I, I didn't know what happened there and I had to watch it again. And I was like, this is my other thing is, oh, is this a comedy film then? Because that's such a weird choice. But like they do a few weird things. I mean, at one point... Uh, there's talking zombies. They're like eating a guy, and they're having a chat. And they're they're talking. I I could not make out what they were saying. I mean, the version that I was watching was on YouTube with Hungarian subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> because that's a thing, apparently. Like, I couldn't get a normal stream of it anywhere. I got a Hungarian subtitle version. I, but I, on YouTube, you could convert it to English. But it still didn't have what he said in that one bit. Yeah. I couldn't find it at all. Um, I will say that we, we would have gladly paid for this film if we could find a paid version but i if there i know there is a dvd with a making of feature on it and i want to see the making of so if you have a oh, copy we could have ran down to extra vision uh, if you have a copy of this on dvd or you know anyone that does i i'd love to have it because yeah. I, I understand there's a making of on it as well and i think that would answer probably some of the questions we have but i couldn't find it anywhere online i'm afraid but that was an interesting choice i think as well yeah. it was nice that desmond says oh i think i know one of them because you think about it He's, he's a yeah. local, he's from the area. Some of his friends probably are zombies now, or some of his family even. Yeah. So. Then later on they had sleeping zombies. Which is interesting, yeah. The, the thing about it was that I noticed that some of them seemed to be chewing, and I think that was to tie in with the mad cow disease, that they were actually chewing cod. And they're, they're sleeping standing up, because do cows do that, or is that horses I'm thinking of? I don't think either of them do that. Right, there is some... I think there's a myth about someone doing that. Yeah, I don't... Maybe it's giraffe. Yeah, I thought that was what they were going for, but I, I In don't any know. case, don't come to us for any zoological-related advice, because we have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, I've had... I have a dog, and that's about it, really. Dog's the one with the wings, right? Yeah, the big flying horse. Oh, perfect. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, they they just, like, I suppose, fair play to him for trying some different things with zombies. Yeah, I quite even, you know, I, I quite like it as well when they get to Dezin's house, and like I guess there's this weird edits there where it's unclear what exactly happens and does he go inside the house and then he runs out of the house and like the little girl Lisa is there yeah I, I that was really unclear I thought but I like the bit where she's in kind of the, the shed to the side and Zombie like looks into the eye and she just stabs them in the eye with a yeah. stick like that, that was really good but there was a moment where I thought that might have been uh, Desmond yeah because she has no way of knowing who the fuck's eye that is and she just rams the stick into it it's like that could have been your friend well, I think it's understandable like she what heard it as like, you're like the zombies up in the roof, but you haven't, she hasn't yeah. met the kid. I know, point. but that's the point. She would have known that it was the kid out there. Well, let's say, like, they meet this little kid, Lisa, and it, it's a weirdly edited scene that she kind of just comes out of nowhere, then, like, jumps on a gate, and then what's happening there, and then they start looking after her. I think that, uh, obviously, because, you know, working with children is obviously a bit difficult yeah. that, it seems like they're kind of ad-living a bit more in this scene, just because I think everyone kind of forgot their lines, but this was the best take they had, and then immediately you meet Cal, and the film just improves 10,000%. Yeah, I mean, the, the best part about the whole Cal thing is that they meet him, and he's, like, very aggressive, and then they kind of calm down a bit, and then they meet his wife, Francie, who's so kind of, I don't even know how to put it, haggard, yeah. that they think that she's a zombie, and, like, go for her. <laughs> And it turns out she's not a zombie at all. Yeah. She's just kind of, I suppose, dressed strangely and her hair is messed up and she has kind of a, a, a weird complexion. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to keep going on about cattle, but... He does. He really he does. Do, it's just so He has a good. tattoo of him on his arm right now. <laughs> This is one of the best characters of any of the films we've reviewed so far. He's just so good. Like he, he takes up the, all of your attention when he's on screen. And just everything he says is hilarious yeah. and accurate. Like, even as I was sort of, oh, up in the uh, bunny's house, you know, he was just getting in a car and he smelled a piss. 
Yeah, yeah. He just, he just goes on about random things like some Irish people would that have nothing to do with what's happening, just to fill the space with their own voice. I think it's fantastic. Like I, I genuinely think this film got so much better with him, and uh, he's the best actor by far. I will say, I don't, and I don't have to take away from some people yeah. in this, but he is. And I, he even managed just to get emotion, like when they're on the bonfire after his wife, what's her name again, Francie, Francie is, is killed in quite like a bit where the cow, like they get the zombie cow. Yeah. And then, like, he's ripped out the window in the dark. And I think that was actually quite an effective use of kind of the, the actual darkness because you can't see oh, yeah. anything. I mean, that, that was much better. That was a lot. W- that was, seeing that would have yeah. probably been terrible. I think they just had a head and then one hoof. I think you it's, see at one yeah. point, it's just like in a puddle, the hoof comes along. I think that actually worked quite well. And he, he gets yeah. this whole thing of being, he explains like why he was a coach because like he was, he was up in the minor final and he broke his leg. She was a nurse in the hospital. He actually shows some proper emotion there better than I think Helena's, Helena's character who's like your presumably boyfriend, husband, partner has just passed away at the yeah. start and she's had to kill him. And she doesn't really convey it, maybe because she's in shock, but he Cattle just kind of has yeah, this much more... Really has this much more actual reaction to it. And even at the end, he's or like, he's like, I'm going to have to join Francie now. I was like, oh, yeah. you're going to, unfortunately, when he does die, you know, they try and chop off his arm to save him. It's just like, oh, Jesus. I mean, hopefully he, he survives and there's like a sequel. Yeah. Well, clearly we know that he's in something else anyway, is the same person. I think that's before and though. Ah, oh, right, right. But well, yeah, so the little kid anyway, Lisa. Lisa. Has been bitten with with forehand. Yeah. And so she turns into a zombie. They think that she's asleep. So they just throw her at the back of the Yeah, they, they, they just... They just... They fuck her out of there. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dude. But, uh... But, uh... I just, like... Well, it was really funny, though, because when they're there, at one point, Desmond goes to Helena. What is this? Don't go to sleep. Stay sharp. And it's like, no, this is the perfect time to go to sleep. Yeah. Like, literally able to relax for a few minutes and you'll be sharper then when you're fucking arrested. Now, I don't know exactly how long they were walking for no. um, before they came across Carlo when they got in the car and everything else. Now, Leitrim is not the smallest county by any means, but it's not that big. They seem to be driving for, I, I, I would certainly appear because it's getting dark, at least one or two hours, like between the part where like he, he lops off this half this woman's head with a hurley out the yeah. side of the window which is that hilarious. hilarious that's a great scene it's like this bride is walking down the road and he thinks he knows her and he just Gallus goes out the side window with a driving bike and lops off her yeah Francis speeds up the zombie realises what's happening and runs and starts away running away I, I fully think that Cal, the actor plays him just probably came up with this on the spot oh. and they decide let's just go with it Um, but you kind of get the impression that they're driving for like a long time like more than one or two hours yeah it does now, start to get dark but yeah like because I think because they're still in Leitrim, they're they're heading for this this uh, castle. I think it's near Leitrim town, is what they say. So I did like a rough thing of even if they were up at the the, the far west side of Leitrim, like over by the coast, maybe near Sligo, with no traffic and the, the roads there, like you'd get from one side of Leitrim to the other in about an hour and a half at the most. So it maybe they're those treacherous country roads, Rob. Yeah, unless they're like maybe they're going off the main roads and they're going a particular way, but it just seemed yeah. thing. Even like later when they say, "Oh, we have to walk about three mile, five miles," it'll take about three hours, maybe. I looked at the average walking speed is about three to four miles per hour, apparently. So yeah, now, admittedly it is dark and they're being chased by zombies and they're probably tired. So I'm willing to let that pass, but you know, I think the distance is inconsistent. It isn't Cork, but yeah, there, fine. <laughs> Look, it doesn't have to be entirely accurate. I mean, it has a lot of <laughs> this. Weird this zombie film isn't accurate, dude. My God, monsters! Uh, did you notice that they uh, they have Kyle basically Ku Colin the Mad Cow? I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I, I, I in the paper I mentioned earlier by uh, Sean Crossan, he actually said this is directly inspired from Ku Colin, where Ku Colin is a, an Irish mythical hero who uh, used the Hurley and Schlitter and hit the the ball down the throat of this dog wolfhound that was attacking yeah. him and killed it that way because he was such a good shot he could do this and cattle basically does this with the cow in the film and he, yeah, from what i've read yeah this was directly inspired by that it's actually really cool yeah it works as, quite well as soon as i saw the slitter in his hand i was like is he gonna do what i think he's gonna do and it, i thought it actually they actually did it really well yeah i think it was, it was a good kind of nod to irish mythology there and, yeah uh, I, I really enjoyed that. It was a good that. idea. I mean, they couldn't really do much else with the cow, so it was a good way of I think sweeping it away. Because you could have had, like, the, you know, them run the cow down in the car or, you know, do, or, like, he's, one of them is being eaten and he, like, gets the shovel and, like, rips open its four stomach, something like that. Yeah. I think this was probably the best way to affect it. I think they just had about the head and yeah. a few other bits, but not I really liked it. I, I thought this, this was really, this was original 
goes back to like an yeah. Irish thing. It was something good. I I thought this was a very good scene actually. I'll talk as well a bit about the the bit at the end, like it kind of was unnerving almost before they get to the castle when they're in the car and before they've hit the cow. Yeah. All these kids obviously like at a birthday party because yeah, they like have their faces painted and they have that and they hit the they hit the clown. That was really unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> like that was properly Jesus, this is oh this is horrible, honestly. Oh god, you don't you don't think about zombie children. I think you just after they just throw <laughs> no, Lisa out the back of the I'm car. always thinking about zombie children. Oh, they're god. out there, they're hunting us. Yeah. Oh, like Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Zombie village, uh, children, child villagers are the worst. Um, but that was quite effective, I thought. It's, it's just this very, oh God, this is very unnerving. You realize they're probably eating like one of their parents who was driving them back from something. And are they eating an animal? I thought they were eating a person from like a car crash is what it looked like. Maybe. I'm it's, just... it's, a, it's a brief scene. Like, I yeah. think it's actually effective because clearly they just used the lights from the, the Jeep to yeah. shoot that scene. And I think that actually was more effective. I'll, I'll give like a lot of praise to the director for the, if this for this choice because it, it looked like they were using what they had to do this. And it actually works better because it's what you would see in real life almost like that. And it, it had more of an impact. You can just see like just their face and their eyes briefly before it moves on. And I thought this was a very well done scene. One thing um, that they didn't do so well was the torches, which, from what I know of how to make a torch, yeah. that doesn't work. They wrap uh, a branch in cloth and then douse it in, in alcohol. In pochine, I think, is what it is. whiskey. He had a bottle of whiskey. It was clear. I thought it, I thought this was pochine. Maybe. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in this. That's just because of the sepia tone filter that they had. It looked... Okay. <laughs> but maybe it was. Either way. And then they light that, but that wouldn't last very long. Like what you're supposed to have is like a, a fast tar or something like that, something, isn't something it? That, yeah. that burns for a long time, which alcohol doesn't. Yeah, it, it it's just it's just a bit odd. I mean, I think they also genuinely use that to light some of the scenes. Which, oh yeah, which worked well and not well in equal measure. I think, I think as I'd said about the lighting already, the bit at the end where they have to get to the castle because the rescue team is there is yeah. um, it's very hard to follow parts of that because you know because obviously Desi gets killed, doesn't he? I think it's a bit unclear. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. He, like, well, he got bitten anyway, so yeah. And then obviously Cattle they chop off his arm to try and save him, but he dies yeah. anyway. <laughs> he gets bitten. And then they torture him by having Desmond use the shovel to cut off his arm. And then seal it with yeah, the torch. Yeah, then they use the torch to, to burn it shut. And he still gets killed. And then he, he dies anyway. He like he goes off to Francie and dies. It's, that's just brutal. But yeah, I mean, that was a really good ending scene. You know, they try to close the gates and it doesn't work. Yeah. And then you get that, like... With the torch, it's good because you get that kind of frantic feeling yeah. of, you know, they have this dying bit of light and, you know, they're trying to keep the zombies back and they're in, like, this last stand in, and in then a tiny little area. Alina gets to the top of it and then it's like, oh, the shears gunshots, like, oh, the, the rescue team are there. Yeah, which is just guys in uh, white hazmat suits with, with shotguns. <laughs> just shotguns for some reason. And then at the ending is, so like, oh, they, they kill them, they get up and then she's throw her in a bunch of people in the back of a cattle truck. What the hell is that? Yeah, it's not... Are I'm, they, I'm sure that's probably some kind of... Uh, I don't know what that's... Are they implying that they think they're all infected and they're going off to be quarantined or something? I don't know what's going on there. It's just a weird choice. But, I'm sure it's meant to mean something, but we're uh, not smart enough to understand. I, I, I'll read that paper again, maybe, and maybe the answer's there, but it. it um, I, I didn't really get the end. I thought it, the ending was almost very abrupt. It, it was just, okay, they're saying, you know would there be something more to that like oh she gets thrown in the back of the thing and then oh Desian's there it's like oh thank god you're okay and then like he's just like looks at the thing and like you can see like the cut there yeah I thought they'd do something like that and then like it ends like an anonymous tome it just kind of ends very abruptly and I'm not really sure what the point of it was yeah I mean the more that I think about it now there is a bit of a similarity to Shaun of the Dead and then and then with Shaun of the Dead at the end there is that kind of post zombie apocalypse scene where yeah yeah everything's kind of back to normal-ish I, I, if there was like a post credits obviously now you do a post credit scene or make a mid credit scene but it, it, I, I feel like I think this sort of ran like for another 10 minutes or something Possibly, just to kind of yeah. just, like just to even if it was just a case of she's you know gets to like the government cameras like okay just give us your details and we'll get you checked over and if you're saying okay you're fine and then maybe she sees like Desmond, Desmond is there and he or dead or something like that or you know she has to like ID a body or something they kind of end on maybe a hopeful note or a pessimist or a pessimistic note but it kind of just ends on a vaguely pessimistic note but it's not explicitly said so I, I, I just maybe yeah, I don't know they, if, they, if there was a money thing here or they just no, this was the it, ending there's but. definitely something there that we're just not getting that obviously the director had in mind that yeah. this is evoking some kind of imagery or 
whatever we're just too stupid to understand which but the only thing i was the only thing i was thinking about is like they're literally put in the back of a cattle truck and they put together almost like cattle going to a slaughterhouse that was the comparison i was kind yeah, of thinking makes so. so i was like oh we're not that different from cattle the way we treat people maybe it's making like a larger message about society I, i'm not really too sure but um i really should have read that paper more <laughs> I, I feel i really should have uh, sorry sean crossing if you're sorry dr crossing i believe is what you are no relation um i i, I will read your paper and accurately summarize it in a later podcast disgraceful yeah but uh yeah so i mean it was good i think without doing any research into seeing if there's any others it is the second best zombie film of 2004 and uh it it was robbed of whatever awards Shaun of the dead got yeah (laughs) oh no i i i I, like i said crock of gold i really enjoyed this yeah um more than i thought cattle's character is outstanding we will definitely review his universe in the future and I would recommend watching this. I'm going to. I am going to watch this again and like try and make notes about other parts yeah. and read the paper about it and stuff. And I, I really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. This is it possibly possibly the best film from a comedy. Uh, it's so bad. It's good. Point at times. Just in general, I really enjoyed this quite a lot. It's. I think. I think it is just a good film. Yeah. Yeah. It really did something weird and clever. But who knows what that ending was? I suppose. Yeah. Like like I said, I would recommend people to watch this. Um, I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, so thanks for listening anyway, guys. Um, I think this is a suggestion from the audience of this too. Well, I mean, I, I was thinking of it myself and, and we got a couple of suggestions at, near the start when we uh, posted on Reddit. So This next, definitely came up. <laughs> next week's episode, we're going to be reviewing The Quiet Man. Uh, some kind of small indie film, is it, Sue? Probably, probably. It's not the one that kind of cemented the paddy whackery <laughs> in america yeah it, it's of course it's the classic um john wayne film the quiet man uh, which i've seen several times yeah my grandfather's a big john wayne fan so i'm looking forward to this uh, yeah i don't think i've again. seen this so this will be interesting for me oh that, that is actually a good comparison what you think about it because yeah. I, I, could, I could already give a, de- a pretty decent review of it now but um I, i'll watch it again and make some notes of it look up some comparisons and that's yeah good. so uh, play us out rob well uh, thank you very much for uh listening guys i'm gonna say thank you very much for watching but if you're, <laughs> I, 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 if I, you're watching we're nervous yeah <laughs> i was like loved your video review rob video review <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Uh, as always, um, you know, you can reach us on Twitter at BlarneyPod. Um, do tweet about us, like us, uh, tell people about us as well. Word yeah. of mouth really helps us at this point. The more the merrier. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to try and use The Quiet Man as a more known film to get a bit more attention next time. But anything you do to tell people about us is, is very much appreciated. Any feedback is welcome. Um, we are working on getting newer equipment, so maybe the sound quality will improve yeah, a bit. Yeah, fingers crossed. And maybe start editing things a bit more. <laughs> hey, look, we're editing them as much as we can. We can. And it's funnier when you leave in the awful parts that we fuck up. Oh, you better cut out that thing from earlier. <laughs> but, but, but of course, any Did feedback, any, any, any feedback is worth <laughs> The listeners aren't going to know. So. <laughs> but that's the thing. They'll be curious. They won't know. They'll be like, did he cut it out? Was it that bit? Talk about it in whatever comment sections or... Yeah, and we, we do take your suggestions, like Stu said this is something that people did suggest for us to watch uh we have plenty other suggestions i think about seven or eight more at least uh that well there are hundreds of movies like this yeah. that we could review but we've uh, we've had a load of suggestions off people and we're very happy the quiet man i think was one of the most requested yeah. we had at the very start so uh please tell a friend about this uh suggest more films to us as well you we can reach us on twitter like i said at uh, blarney pod and you can also email us at talking at gmail.com so for me rob cross it's goodbye see you next week